This is a Groovy Boys production. Hey guys, I'm your host, Mason Ball, and welcome to The Lookup. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jackson Phelps, and my producer, Anthony Marti. Today we have a very special guest. He's a journalist and Kansas City Chiefs film analyst for The Athletic, a co-host of the Times Ours podcast, a pastor, and the assistant a county attorney in Hubbard County, Minnesota. What a resume, Seth Kaiser. <laughs> I, I'm a man of many hats, apparently. You are a man of many hats. <laughs> so uh, kind of going off of that and like explaining all your careers and everything, sure. how did you pursue multiple careers in di- so different fields? Because most people mm-hmm. spend their life dedicated to, you know, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer, but you have you know, skills in journalism and you preach and everything and you're a lawyer. So how did you do that when you were growing up? I find if you, uh, I find if you do everything at a mediocre level, you can do a lot of things. Um, uh, jokes aside, I mean, it's all just a matter of time management for the most part. Um, and, uh, you're all much, much, much younger than I am. And so the, the advice I'll give you guys, if you, uh, if you marry the right woman, everything else kind of just falls into place with how easy things become, but it's just a matter of just managing time, figuring out what the goals are and then saying, well, what can I do that no one else is doing and what no one else is willing to do? So I don't know, an example early on in my career with the film analyst stuff, I realized that I was willing to chart every single snap of every single game of an interior offensive lineman. And people say they want to do that, but in like the third or fourth hour, they don't. And so if you're willing to do the things no one else is willing to do, you're usually able to find some success if you grind hard enough and long enough. Awesome. Awesome. So you have such a complicated, you know, work schedule. I'm sure. So what is your schedule like? Cause I know like your <laughs> full-time job is probably being an attorney, but sure. how, what are your, what is your, what is a day in Seth Kaiser's life? Like, sure. Well, a lot of it depends on how many hearings I have that day. There are days as a lawyer where you don't have hearings and then your schedule opens up a little bit. I've got a great boss who appreciates what I do in terms of stuff that's non-lawyer related. And he lets me kind of set my own schedule and do my own thing, which is a really underrated thing. If you can find a boss who's willing to do that, as long as you get the job done. Right. Um, but my average day, I mean, I, I get up and help get the kids up and say hi to my wife, take off, go to work. And I usually, I spend my times that I could be taking breaks from lawyering, doing chiefs related stuff or ministry related stuff. And that's really, you know, you, you talk about finding inefficiencies in your day. Most of us spend a little time, Twitter, Facebook, just sitting there playing a video game on their phone, whatever. I usually spend those times working and you find those little inefficiencies and you make them your own. Right. Okay. Um, so Seth, I know you have like, like going off of that big schedule thing. How do you manage um, like deadlines and sometimes stressful moments and all that? big schedule rush and stuff poorly usually um (laughs) but uh generally speaking what i try to do is have as few hard deadlines as possible and i try to instead give myself a series of soft deadlines which um by by soft deadline i mean if i have something that i know for a fact absolutely 100 has to be done by i don't know wednesday at noon right i'll give Mm -hmm. myself a soft deadline of monday at five And I treat those soft deadlines as important um, rather than just blowing them off. And so what happens is my stress level gets raised as I approach that soft deadline. It's kind of like giving yourself a cushion with your checking account. You know, if you start to get stressed out when it gets down to $100, 
you probably won't get under a hundred dollars. And I learned that when we had to save up to be poor, we just, you know, you, you get stressed out about the thing that won't critically affect you. And so right. that's how I manage deadlines. I make sure that they're not things that can actually hurt me, even if I miss it by a little bit. Okay. Okay. So um, I, I, oh wait. Yeah. I know you best from, you know, talking about the chiefs, especially from, cause I'm a fan of eight ten, which made me a fan of Joshua Briscoe, which then made me a fan of you because of the times ours podcast. Oh, sure. And uh, so I, you know, I mainly know you from your film analysis and stuff. I've read a few articles and everything. Mm -hmm. So as a film analyst, you have very, very high football IQ. So how did you develop that in, as you were growing up? Well, I, uh, and this is something I admit to people readily. I didn't play football growing up. I, I played baseball and basketball primarily. Um, I was always yeah, a really same. big Chiefs fan. Yeah, I was always a really big Chiefs fan. And basically what ended up happening is I, I started contributing for Arrowhead Pride back in about 2009, 2010. And while I was doing that, um, it, this is like the Matt Castle era, et cetera. And some of the things that I thought I knew about football, I discovered didn't play out to be true. And something that I learned from Matt Castle, I thought after 2010, I was like, oh, maybe he's the guy, right. maybe, because I hadn't really learned anything beyond basic box score analysis. And after, you know, he flamed out, I remember thinking to myself, why, how was I so wrong? Yeah. And I started realizing just how little I actually knew about the game in terms of what's really going on on every snap. And so what I did is I just set out to know more and what I do for everything, including now, because there's so many people that just know so much more than I do. Um, I think I know a lot until I see like Jeff Schwartz and Ted Wynn talking football on yeah. Twitter. And I think, wow, I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> what, what I tend to do is I, I set off asking myself, what question am I trying to answer? So as an example, when the Chiefs were looking at various quarterbacks prior to the 2017 draft, Mahomes was one of the ones they were looking at. And I knew one of the things people said about him is his footwork is bad. And so he's undraftable. Yeah. And so what I asked myself, you, you just start with these questions. What are the assumptions inherent in that? Well, the assumption is if your footwork's bad, you're not accurate. Well, let's find out if Patrick Mahomes is accurate. So mm -hmm. I charted every snap for his accuracy. You, you just ask yourself what the question is you're really asking and then set out to find out how to find the answer. And fortunately, we live in an age where thanks to YouTube and a lot of analysts at The Athletic, some of my colleagues and, and just everywhere out there, there is a lot of resources that allow you to learn these things without even having played the sport. I don't need to have played offensive line to know what a good punch looks like versus a guy lunging right? Yeah. I can have someone smarter than me show me what it looks like. And that's just what I've done every step of the way. Understanding what I don't know and what my limitations are has allowed me to continue to learn. Okay. Nice. Okay. I'm um, going off. I have a question real quick. Also, also um, kind of backpedaling. You said you played basketball. I think the real question all the listeners want to hear is, can you dunk? <laughs> i'm 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 five ten on my best day and i'm a quarter japanese white dude from central minnesota so the answer is no uh -huh. <laughs> not on my not on my best day um when when i played i was a very uh ground bound point guard who did not even on my best day i couldn't jump much round one point guard that's funny <laughs> so going off of mason's question about all the football stuff um you're from minnesota how are you a, like a chiefs like a big chiefs fan Sure. Um, when I was approximately eight or nine years old during the Joe Montana era, my family lived down in the Kansas City area while my dad attended seminary. 
and he kind of adopted the Chiefs as his team because he's a big Vikings fan. And at the time, you know, there's no direct TV. There's no whatever. You could only watch the locally shown games. So he kind of adopted the Chiefs because he liked Joe Montana. He respected Marty and Marcus Allen. Um, and so those that was the team that we'd watch. And I very distinctly remember uh, in the we're talking the 1994 season, not the 93 season. Uh, Joe Montana's comeback at Mile High Stadium against the Broncos. Uh, one of the greatest games yeah. I've written about it multiple times. There's a whole generation of Chiefs fans, approximately my age, um, that became fans that night. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you're going to have people with similar stories about Patrick Mahomes in the future. And so I was just hooked from there on. So even when we moved back to the North Dakota, Minnesota area, I stayed hooked on the Chiefs. And of course, now I'm very glad I did. My dad didn't fight me on it. He had seen enough heartbreak as a Vikings fan that he knew it wasn't a bad thing <laughs> if I moved on to another team. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. with you being a huge Chiefs fan and everything, I mean, you, uh, Joshua Briscoe, who is a, uh, it was a guest on our show, and Nate oh, Taylor. I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I, we mentioned you in some capacity. I forgot what, I think it might've been after the show, but yeah. So you have you, Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor on the show, and you guys, your guys' chemistry during your show is insane. You guys, sometimes, <laughs> like when I first started listening, the only person's voice that I recognized was Joshua Briscoe, and I sure. like thought you guys were all the same person for a good week. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't, your voices are kind of similar, and your guys' sense of humor and your personalities, mm-hmm. you know, clash so well. Now I understand like the differences and little inside jokes of your show. So, what is it like hosting that show with so much? just so much chemistry and there's so many laughs during it while also being serious. You guys also very smart. Oh, well, I mean, you know, Nate is Josh and I just kind of tag along for the ride saying ridiculous things. Um, It's so much fun. The the great thing about that show and a reason that I, I, I hope to always continue it, you know, no matter what happens in terms of, you know, the, the doing my own website, doing whatever it is that I do is Josh and Nate and I are all genuinely friends we we yeah. anytime i'm in kansas city we try to get together um they 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 talk outside of the show and you can't i mean i guess you can fake that some people who are really good can but generally speaking most people can't fake that sort of thing we yeah. genuinely like each other and in addition to that we have very different backgrounds and i mean you know we're kind of various ages i'm a little older than than nate who's a little older than josh and uh, it, it, we have different life experiences and different ways of viewing the world in addition to the way that we view the game. And it allows us to occasionally disagree, like when Josh is wrong and I'm right and we disagree. <laughs> um, and so it, that really, it just adds to the fun, like people that just don't take themselves too seriously. And that's such a key thing. If you even added one person to that podcast who took themselves too seriously, we couldn't joke around like we do. And so it's, it's most, it's the most fun thing that I do related to this job. I I'd absolutely do it for free. That's awesome. Mm, nice. That's awesome. Your podcast is hilarious. I remember one of my favorite bits was uh, when the chiefs did that like voting campaign thing. And you guys were talking about like the puff daddy, like voter <laughs> die campaign. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious. I it's uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know how many of you guys would be familiar with that, but it was one of the funniest South Park episodes I've ever seen in my life. 
And it just, it's so, as, as usual, they took it about 20 steps too far. But, <laughs> but yeah, we, we just have a lot of fun. We do have similar senses of humor. And we kind of are all waiting with bated breath to see which one of us is going to cross the line any given episode and like, you know, call out a Hall of Fame quarterback or say something about Clark Hunt that maybe we shouldn't have said because he could buy and sell us 20 times over. And so (laughs) that's half the fun is just the horror of waiting to see who's going to say something stupid. Uh, that's yeah I love that so uh at the at the you know half you know end part of our show we have a few quick questions and talking about times ours who would you take in a fight Joshua Briscoe or Nate Taylor they look I love Josh and I and I love (laughs) they've they they've lived their lives a little bit differently than I have and I Uh we've talked about this they they don't want the smoke. They they you know to say how the kids say it. Um, they and I they've lived very differently than I have. Uh, they 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 went to school to become journalists. I I learned how to live in the oil patch in eastern Montana. We're just very different people. Right. And so and so either one of them I'm very comfortable with. <laughs> Although at this point it would need to be over in about thirty seconds or I'd be out of gas. So I'm, yeah. I'm not in as good a shape as I used to be. <laughs> Um, I also have a quick question. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, what is an underrated Chiefs offseason move? Not like Patrick Mahomes or Chris Jones. Like, what do you think is a good underrated offseason? Man, the, uh, the Chiefs have done so many things wonderfully this offseason. It's almost yeah. impossible to overstate. I mean, the way uh, a colleague of mine who does radio over in St. Louis, uh, Brandon Kiley, phrased it, he said, you know, Veach is kind of kind of pitching a shutout. Um, I think if we're going to go recent, I would say, and I never say his name correctly, uh, Kalechi Osamelli signing him as a guard. Mm -hmm. I really liked his film that I looked at. I think he's going to help. And honestly, I'm surprised he was a free agent based on the work he did with the jets before going down with an injury there. I I think that was a really good move. I think keeping Bashad Breland around is going to really pay dividends. And if we're Mm going to go with something underrated, probably nationally, but I think Chiefs fans might, if anything, overrate it a little bit. Uh, keeping around Mike Pinnell on the interior uh, was an excellent addition. It's not a lot. Of, it's not a coincidence that the defense did play significantly better once he arrived. Now, part of that was the increased health of Chris Jones, Frank Clark, um, and the defense kind of coming together. But he really did help shore things up along the interior. Big, strong presence. Right. Very difficult to move, and he can get after the passer a little bit too. Okay. Are you? I I know you're a fan of the Chiefs, so are I? I thought of this when you said uh, Gravich is pitching a shutout. Are you a Royals fan too? You know I. Oh man, see this is I was uh, growing up, um, but I was the exact wrong age when the when the strike in the mid '90s happened. Oh. And it yeah. just it just killed my love for baseball, which mm. isn't fair to 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 the players because you know they had legitimate grievances, but. Yeah. You know, at the time I was young and I just, and so I just stopped watching and I never really picked it back up. Hmm. Um, it's kind of, you know, I used to be a huge NBA fan until Jordan retired. And like hmm. a lot of people my age, it was just tough to care after that. And so yeah, yeah. I, I was cheering for them in the World Series run in large part because so many people I care about were so happy. Yeah. It's not the best time to be a Royals fan right now. So I think, <laughs> no. I think you're okay. Hey, they got, winning, that, they got that World streak. Series. They we got do. That World Series. They did, and we do have a winning streak right now. We have got like four in a row, right? After, yeah. After losing, yeah. Yeah. We have the Reds tonight. 
That's what happens when Patrick Mahomes buys an interest in your team. Just everything the man touches turns into gold. (laughs) Exactly. They need to put it. They need to put him in the bullpen. They need to (laughs) use him. See, I'm I'm telling you, I like the idea in theory, but I have this running fear, and I think we talked about on Times Ours. I have this running fear that Mahomes is so good, he's like going to reach this transcendent level in like two years, where he's like, guys, I've beaten football. There's nothing left. It's like, you know, it's like he's, 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 he's done a hundred percent of the side missions. He's beaten the game side and mission. he says, yep. So I'm just going to go play baseball for yeah, a while. He just pulls a Michael Jordan. Yeah. I'm gonna go play. Baseball. <laughs> and then I'll come back to football later. It's like, it's like, okay. The new, this yeah. new core, like Drew Locke or somebody he's like, Oh, he's doing yeah. too he's just, good. We got, we got to go get him. He's got, he's got bored. He's got bored. So he's going to do another thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's a genuine fear I have. He's too good. And yeah. so, and so I don't know, we don't want to tempt him. So we don't want him in the bullpen. We'll let him sit in the owner's box, okay. you know, eat caviar and do things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so at the, uh, at the end of our show, we have a recurring segment every episode called the wheel called the wheel. And what the what the wheel is is we uh, we customize a wheel for our guests. So with sports, you know, with sports and radio hosts and everything, what we've been doing is I have thirty two NFL teams on this wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I spin the wheel, and whichever team you have to name five players from that team. Okay. Oh man, oh it's gonna be great when I fail this. Yeah, and. <laughs> It, you you know you can keep going up so like you name five and you're like oh I can name ten, you know you can if you if you would like to uh, keep going up. It's going to wildly depend on what team it is. Yeah, and if there's a team like our our last two, I'll uh, share my screen here. The last two were like some somewhat easy teams. I'd say there are the 49ers and the Ravens for Josh Briscoe and Soren Pedro. Okay. So if you get a team where you're like, I know I'm not going to be able to name like the Jaguars or something. I just using that as an example. Um, you don't have to name 10 players from the Jaguars. Uh, uh, we, do, right. we, just, we just hope we do a little Four bit better than Josh Briscoe, who was unaware. Of <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you existence. can't even name 10 fans from the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as long as I beat how many, who did Josh have? 49ers. How many did he get? Nine out of ten, he forgot Nick Bosa, and I give him crap about it on Twitter. Every he few forgot days. about Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I'm not gonna talk smack until I see how I do here. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna spin the wheel. We got a brand new wheel. Oh my god, the sound! Oh my god, it's so loud. Oh, so loud. <laughs> Los Angeles Rams. Oh my oh. god. See, man, the Rams. I'll be honest. That's less than easy for me. Okay. Um, but I'll, 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 I'll try. I'll try to name off a few here. Um, obviously Aaron Donald. Yep. Obviously Jared Goff. Yep. Uh oh my God, this is going to be so difficult. Uh, obviously, uh, Cooper Cup. Um, so those are three that I've got so far. Oh man, hold on. Obviously, uh, bro- they still have Brockers. Yeah. Michael Brockers. Oh man, they man. They, oh my God, I'm gonna. I, I got to do better than Josh. This is terrible. It, it, like two years ago, I would have known so many people on there now because the first thing that I thought, of course, was like, oh well, Todd Gurley. No, wait, that that ain't yep. right. Yeah. Oh, let me think. To be fair, this is the Rams, and exactly. Josh Briscoe had the team that he had to cover. <laughs> we play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's very true 
That's very true. I think uh, Whitworth is still there along the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, man. You're getting bonus points now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's me. I, <laughs> man, that's, I got to tell you, I think, um, I think they, they, I, I think they, they signed Hill, Troy Hill. But I don't, do I, research. I might be that. I know, oh, uh, they got, a, they got that big tight end, Tyler Higby. And I'm out, I think. All right, that's six. All right. Oh, gosh. Quote, quote while you're ahead. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no joke. I'm just going to start saying things like, you know, Sam Jones and, you know, hope yeah. that that's somehow correct. Sam Jones, that's funny. I'm uh, I'm waiting for the day that we get – because the, the three teams that have been spun on the wheel are pretty, like, major teams. They have had, you know, Super Bowl, at mm-hmm. least in the last few years, right? like or, like, playoff contention, like – Ravens, 49ers, Rams. So I feel like it's just a ticking time bomb until we get like the Giants. And it's like, who, who, who plays on the Giants? You know, the exactly. Giants, I might have done better with the Giants, honest to God. Well, no, I'll maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, the Rams, they, they've gone from serious contender to kind of toiling in anonymity very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which th- that's what happens when you pay a quarterback you shouldn't pay. Yeah, he's not right. good. Well, um, we have yeah. our last question that we ask after um, the ending of every show. Um, sure. We are called The Look Up. So what we do is we interview people we look up to. So, Seth, congratulations. You're one of the people we look up to. Well, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I hope you guys find a chance to shoot higher at some point in terms <laughs> of role models. But yeah, I do appreciate that. I think it's cool what you guys are doing. Yeah. So like the last question we have is that to the other people um, in the world that do look up to other people that think you're awesome, like we do, um, what do you have to say to them? Anything It can be anything like something inspirational could just be like, you're cool. Sure. It could be whatever. What, what, What would you say to the people that look up to you? Um, I suppose, you know, we already talked about work context stuff at the very beginning of all this um, in terms of, you know, ways of success. I always have people asking me how to succeed in the sports industry. And for one thing, it's hard because there's a lot of people willing to do it for free. But it's just, you you know, you find a niche, you work hard at it, be willing to do stuff that no one else is willing to do and understand that that's what it takes. I often have people that try to enter the business that, you know, will email me after six months and say, I'm not, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. And my response is always, guys, I wrote for free for four years yeah. before mm-hmm. any kind of progress made. And I'm fortunate enough that I obviously have a career that's elsewhere. I guess I'll say mm-hmm. this. Um, in, in, it seems like forever from now, I promise it's not. No one is going to care what you did in terms of work and how good you were at it in 20, 30, 40 years. No one's going to care right. about that. People right. are going to care whether or not you were kind to them. And that's all anyone's going to really remember about you. So that, that's just something to keep in mind. Most people that I talk to that have anything nice to say about me at all, they might say something nice about the analysis or that kind of thing. But what I really want is to be someone who, unlike some people in the sports in this industry, I just want to, I want to be kind to people and hopefully leave the world a little bit right. better. So that would be my thing is don't, don't focus too much on what you're doing. Maybe focus a little more on how you're doing it. I appreciate that. I think you uh, definitely provide that, uh, you know, that don't take yourself too seriously. You're uh, very comedic on your show and then you're very in depth with your articles and things. And it kind of gives people an escape from whatever. And that can, you know, definitely contributes to your fans happiness and, you know, fans of the athletics happiness and just everything like that. I hope so. That's the goal. All right, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank Thank, Thank you for coming on, Seth. This has been the lookup. 
and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. This is a Groovy Boys production.